When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to TC Live, presented all week by Verbo. The final hardcore tune-ups across three different cities are in full swing as we are one week away from the start of the year's final Grand Slam, the U.S. Open. Coming up on today's edition of TC Live, after spending last year's U.S. Open with us here on TC Live, 2020 champ Dominic Team is down in the Carolinas, fine-tuning his one-hander for this year's trip to New York. Another major title holder coming off an injury, Sophia Kennan in Cleveland this week looking to find her championship form in time for the Open as well. And Stefano Tsitsipas, one of the deepest thinkers in tennis. Now Steph shares his thoughts on the legacy of Serena Williams as we continue our tennis honor series. Hey, everybody, welcome inside our Santa Monica, California studio. Rob Simulcare here with a couple of double specialists. Nick Monroe getting ready to play in New York. Mark Knowles, three-time Grand Slam champ on the doubles courts. Great to do a TC Live with you. Our first time together. I mean, you replaced Dominic team with me. I mean, I had to jump through some serious hoops to get here. Thanks for having me on, Rob. It is great to be with both of you guys as we get set for the, the final slam of the year. And it's an exciting time, obviously. A little ram we're waiting through right now in Winston-Salem. Hope to put you guys back in the booth to call some more tennis, but it's already been a busy day of tennis down in Carolina. No, absolutely. I mean, Dominic Team and J.J. Wolf are in a barn buster down there. I mean, both playing great tennis. J.J. Wolf playing aggressive. Dominic Team finding his form now as the match is going on. And did we see a little rain? And, uh, yeah, they're just trying to dry the court, and hopefully we'll get uh, some play in. Exactly. So that's the match we were watching when the rain started to be concluded in a third and deciding set. But as Nick mentioned earlier in the day, Stevie Johnson taking on Emilio Nava. Nava looking for his first career tour-level win. Yeah, Nava's 0-5 on the ATP, looking for his first win, as you said. And for Stevie Johnson, he was seeking his 16th win in Winston-Salem. He was tied for Cranabusa with the, the amount of wins. And he was able to get it here against Nava. He was able to get the win with C.B. Johnson. But, you know, for Nava, he's got a big serve, big forehand. But C.B. Johnson, he's got that slice, and he's able to just kind of extend rallies and make guys kind of have to go for more. But C.B. Johnson also has that big forehand. And as we see the error for, from Nava, C.B. was just able to keep a lot of balls in the court. It was pretty hot there. They were, able, they were playing in the middle of the day, hot and humid. But Stevie J was able to get that victory. 16th career win for Johnson at that tournament most of all time. The women playing a 250 up in Granby, Canada, outside of Montreal, Daria Kasakina, 0-2 since she won the tournament in San Jose. Yeah, but she's, you know, top 10 after a couple really good weeks. Like you said, after she won that tournament in San Jose, she had 12 double faults, but still had a 71% first serve percentage did Kazakina, so that was able to help her kind of get through this match, get her teeth in there, and we've seen her play where she just got a heavy forehand, she's able to kind of push her opponent around, keep her opponent on a string, and that was what she was able to do. She had to kind of get through a few tough, obviously losing that first set, but just kind of been able to hang in the rally, big backhand down the line here. She's just so athletic is Kazakina. She's got all the shots in the book, 
and then going into this third set, just being able to hang in there on the return, use her legs to once again extend the rallies and then looking for this big forehand to dictate play. And then as we see here, the match point for Kazakina, using that backhand down the line, she's able to take the ball early in the court and she's able to be moving through there in Granby. She's in pretty good form going into the open. Meanwhile, another WTA 250 in Cleveland and Diana Dostremska looking for a win, her first win of the North American hardcore swing against Alize Cornet. Yeah, she wasn't going to get it today. This was one-way traffic. Alize Cornet, who's had a terrific career, but has really had a resurgence this year. She's been playing some terrific tennis. She was very steady from the back of the court, really pushing Yastremska all around the court. Yastremska is one of those players, goes for a little bit more, had too many unforced errors, and you can see nice aggressive play there from Cornet. So the French woman was in control from start to finish. Alize Cornet, by the way, a milestone win on tap for her here as she plays at match point here. Career win number 500 for the French woman. She's had herself a nice singles career, had some big wins this year, and there you see a big smile from her as she completes the straight set win. Sophia Kennan, someone we've been looking to see return to form since her Grand Slam championship, taking on Delena Hewitt. Yeah, this was an interesting one. Kennan obviously has been struggling with her form mightily. Hewitt's a big server. She's got one of the biggest serves in the women's game. 18 aces, but a little bit too inconsistent. And for Kennan, she was able to kind of blunt some of that power, used her consistency to her advantage, took the opening set, got control early in the second with her early break, and really was able to dictate play from the back of the court. So this was important for Kennan. Obviously, she's trying to battle her way back, trying to recapture some of the form that saw her near the top of the game. Hewitt, a Cleveland area native here, so she's playing close to home, but not able to get through against Kennan. And Sophia Kennan, she needs wins like that and a whole lot more, Nick, to start to get some momentum. Of course, she's won a Grand Slam. She's played in another final. You know a little bit about what's going on with her. What, what would you say is happening and is standing in her way right now? Well, I would say, like, I mean, in 2021, she was dropped by top five, her agency that she was working with, and Fila, and the coaching was just kind of she wasn't really sure what to do. But then now in 2022, she's back. She's working with a new agency, GSE. She has her father back on board. And I think for tennis players, you really have to have a short-term memory. Look, there should be no panic for her. She works extremely hard on the court. She's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen out there. So she shouldn't really have any panic. So maybe it's a little bit of a predicament, but now she has her father back, you know, under her wings and, uh, Big things will be happening for her. So you think it's more just the off-the-court things, the obstacles, rather than the actual game? Are you seeing anything game-wise that has changed for her over the last couple of seasons? Uh, not really. I mean, she's going to be one of those that looks to extend the rallies, make a lot of balls, and, and right now that's what she will be doing. It's just getting her legs under, getting some of those pressure moments and in matches, and I think she'll be fine. You know, in the women's game, you can break through quickly. We know that. Yeah. So we'll see if she can get a run going in New York. Meanwhile, we are keeping an eye on the court in Winston-Salem. They're trying to get it dried off. So we hope to have some live tennis coming up pretty soon. It's getting dry. So we hopefully we'll get back down there pretty soon. But first, when we come back, more highlights on TC Live. TC Live is presented by Verbo, a place for together. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to TC Live presented by Verbo. And before the Grand Slam action begins in New York next week, tune in each morning for TC Live at the U.S. Open. It's a two-hour pregame show featuring highlights, match previews, guests, and more. It all starts Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, right here on Tennis Channel. There's Serena Williams holding one of her many U.S. Open trophies. And lots of folks weighing in right now around the world of tennis about the greatness, the legacy of Serena Williams. Next up, Stefano Tsitsipas offering his perspective on Serena's great career. Serena has had a major impact not only in tennis or sports, but the whole world, pretty much, I would say. She's a very strong uh, woman. She has uh, impacted millions of kids and adults uh, with the way she played, um, with her personality. And what I find um, most fascinating about her is her abilities to, to just be yourself and, and show the world that women can do incredible things in, uh, in this life. Stefano Tsitsipas on Serena Williams. When we come back, somebody else who's made a little history, born at Chorich, will give you a little more perspective on the incredible run he had in Cincinnati when we come back on TC Live. Back to Cleveland we go. Cleveland area native Lauren Davis taking on Ekaterina Alexandrova. Yeah, this was an interesting match. Lauren Davis from the Ohio area. So this is a bit of a hometown tournament for her. And she put up some good resistance early against the number three seed. Davis is so good at pushing her opponents around from the back of the court so steady. And a nice dose of pace there as well. That helped her secure the opening set. But Alexandrova has a lot of weapons. She started to calm down a little bit in that second set. She started dictating play. Huge forehand there from Alexandrova. And she started to find her rhythm there in the second set and really ran away with it. Beautiful passing shot there. Secured the second set rather easily. Going into the third, wasn't sure whose match it was, but right from the start, once again, Alexandrova was aggressive and just had a little bit too much firepower. She protected her second serve a little bit better than Lauren Davis did and ultimately led to match point, and she closed it out. So Alexandrova gets the win to move on in Cleveland. Meanwhile, Anastasia Potapova pulled out of her match against Barbora Krachikova, and so lucky loser and Ohio State Buckeye Francesca Di Lorenzo gets the spot against Krachikova. Yeah, it's always, you never know when you're going to get a second chance, and Di Lorenzo was able to get that second chance, and this was going to be a tough one for Krachikova. She lost first round at the Canadian Open to Pliskova, lost first round Cincinnati, so she was looking for a win, and she was able to kind of figure out a way to hit some great forehands, as you see there from Krachikova. That's the side that can kind of go on Krachikova. Sometimes she pulls off of the ball. Krachikova was able to win 79% of her first serve points won, and she was just dictating play out there. You know, she normally likes to stay on the baseline and push her opponents around, and that's exactly what she did tonight, and especially off the backhand side. The backhand side for Krachikova is just so lethal there. As you see, she's able to get her opponent on the run and then finish with a winner to come away with the win. She saved two out of three of the break points that she faced, and she'll be excited to get a W under her belt. 
big hardcore win for her. Meanwhile, back to Winston-Salem we go now. A battle of Australians in North Carolina. Tanaki Kokonakis and James Duckworth. Yeah, and Kokonakis has been playing some great tennis. You know, he's 70 in the world. Duckworth is 84. So two Aussies going at it. Kokonakis served 20 aces throughout this match, but Duckworth was able to come up with 13 aces for himself. Kokonakis got that first set. He's got such a big forehand and, a, and uh, normally likes to take control of the point, but Duckworth does a very good job of coming forward, putting his opponents under pressure as we see that backhand coming in. He's got great volleys to the net, soft feel. Duckworth, again, after the Australian Open, he had to have hip surgery. He wasn't able to play again until Leon, so had to take off about four months before he was able to come back. And now he says he's 100% healthy. And he, here is a match point there up 6-5 in the tiebreak. And then got the error from Kakanakis. And it's always good to get a win, especially the week before the U.S. Open. So that's great stuff for James Duckworth. Tight one there as he gets the win over his fellow Aussie. Third straight win for Duckworth over Kokonakis. Tournament summary here as we look ahead to the U.S. Open. Qualifying starts tomorrow. 20 American women playing for 13 spots. 16 American men in qualies as well. News today, no surprise. Sasha Zverev out of the U.S. Open. Of course, he had that terrible ankle injury in Europe. He will not be back. Riley Opelka also withdrew with a hip injury. And Caroline Garcia off of her big win in Cincinnati, not surprisingly, has canceled her scheduled appearance in Cleveland. Your tournament summary there presented, of course, by Verba. And the social net as we take a look at what's going on. And we start with, of course, the other big story out of Cincinnati, Borna Chorich. It's just an incredible story there. A Masters 1000 title. Here you see his reaction on social media. The title baby. I mean, it's worth the excitement, Nick, when you think about where he came from, the ranking that he carried into this. Really an incredible win. No, absolutely. And he's changed his service motion. He's got a bit stronger in his shoulder area. So he's pumping the serves through the court. He's getting a lot of free points. He's got a new coach in Mate Delic. They just started six to eight months ago. So, I mean, this is just impressive stuff by Warnick Orich. And he'll be looking forward to the U.S. Open going in with extreme confidence. Yeah, he played some incredible tennis right from the start. Obviously, beating Rafael Nadal in the second round is, as you can see, the lowest-ranked player by a mile. Look at the names on there. Tom Gorman, Peter Fleming, Carlos Moya, Marin Cilic. But what George was able to do last week was nothing short of incredible. Among other things, he's now likely earned himself a seed at the U.S. Open next week as well. So an absolutely incredible run for Chorich, uh, the lowest-ranked Masters 1000 champion ever. Uh, as he's made some real history there. So congrats, congratulations to him. Meanwhile, another story as we're checking out on social. Here it is. Victoria Azarenka launching a new podcast. She had a podcast before. This is season two. It's called Think About It, and it launched today uh, on TC channel, uh, tennis channel platforms, as well as on all your usual podcast spots. And, Nick, I don't have a chance to listen to it. I listened to it a, a bit today. She's, she's quite a good host. Yeah, you know what? She's got great energy, and, and she loves to just kind of dig deep into everything. So if you want to learn a lot about players, what's going on out there on the tour, she, she's one to listen to, Victoria Azarenka. I love her energy. Yeah, Victoria, always so insightful. I've gotten to know her fairly well throughout my career, and she's always looking for something extra, and she does a good job in this episode. She really digs deep and kind of brings new topics to the table. Nick, 
you're waiting for a guest invitation there to be on with Yeah, I, I think I need to text her and say, hey, <laughs> let, let, me, let me get on the platform. I mean, it's going, so let me get on there. I like it. I, I like her style. It's very conversational. It's a yeah. fun listen, so yeah. absolutely good times. All right, well, be sure to check that out. When we come back, we hope to have some live tennis coming at you. Court's almost dry. More CC Live in just a minute. Welcome back. Our hot shot of the day, and it's Dominic Team dusting off that one-handed backhand. Yeah, I mean, look at J.J. Wolf was coming forward, pushing Team behind the baseline, but that one-hand backhand, outside leg, getting around the ball. Dominic Team suffered a wrist injury in June of 2021, but there's no wrist injury here. That looked like Martin Knowles' one-hand backhand. That is so hard to do with one with one hand. The two-handers have the benefit of yeah. the left hand, but Incredible not the one-handers. Here's what's coming up tomorrow on Tennis Channel. It starts in Winston-Salem. The number one seed there, Grigor Dimitrov, gets his tournament underway against the winner of Team and Wolf. And then Maxime Cressy, the American, will start his tournament against James Duckworth. Yeah, there's so much to like here. Cressy obviously plays that serve and volley style. He'll be somebody to look for at the U.S. Open. Courts are relatively quick there. Kennan, we saw him get a win today. She'll go up against Begu, who was the finalist from last year. So lots of good matches to look forward to. All right. Meanwhile, you guys were calling that match. We're waiting to see resume here. Dominic Team, J.J. Wolf. Nick, what's your take on that match right now? And, and, and where do you see Team and his game right now? Well, I felt like in the beginning of this match, he came out a bit defensive, you know, and that's kind of how he started, you know, when he made his comeback, was pretty far behind the baseline. J.J. Wolf was dictating play. You see Dominic Team literally behind the Winston-Salem sign. And as the match started progressing, Dominic Team started having a bit more shape on the ball, getting the ball deeper, using the one-hand backhand down the line, as we've seen him hit just so many times throughout his career. And so I feel like Dominic Team's going to go in the rock room and know that he has to play a bit more aggressive or else or else JJ Wolf is going to show that athleticism and be able to dictate rallies. So for team, you know, definitely positive signs and this is the kind of match that you would want going into the open. You know, they're already two hours in. He's having to play a lot of pressure moments, pressure points, and he's starting to find his range. Mark, you would know how hard it is to come off of the kind of injury that team has has had. I mean, with a one-handed backhand, no less. A wrist injury is tough for any player. What do you think he's got to do to try to get back to where he was? Obviously, where he was was top three player in the world. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've been following him since he's come back. Obviously, we've talked about the struggles. You know, he lost seven matches in a row when he came back this year. And to me, I'm looking for weight of shot and also pace of shot. I think it's super important, as Nick knows, Pre-injury, team was one of those guys that bullied you around the court off both wings. I haven't really seen that from him yet since he's come back. The forehand doesn't look full flight yet, so I really hope he gets a couple of match wins this week because I think it's pivotal for him to gain some confidence going into the U.S. Open. But I will say, he doesn't look panicked. He, he dropped this, the opening set to Wolf today, looked pretty calm. So he's obviously got a plan in place. It'll be interesting to see, as Nick said, Will he speak with his coach, Nicholas Massou, and come up with a game plan to try to close out this match? He played a lot of clay court tennis after Wimbledon. This is really his first appearance on the hard court since the wrist injury. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played since Kitzbühel, and that was a month ago. So, you know, when you play it on a clay, he's used to being far behind the baseline. So now having to step up in the court on a hard court and try to dictate play is something that it looked like it's take about a set and a half for him to kind of figure that out. But he's figuring it out, and uh, this should be an interesting third set. So, Nick, I got a question for you. He's obviously getting a wild card next week into the U.S. Open. Tournament he won two years ago, believe it or not. <laughs> Based on what you've seen so far, if he gets a decent draw, you like his chances of possibly going to the second week, or you'd need to see a little bit more? 
I would need to see a little bit more. I think it's too early to say that he could go into the second week based on what I'm seeing, because especially early on in matches, he's just playing too defensive. And so I think when he comes into matches at the U.S. Open, he's going to have to play more aggressive. It's a fast hardcore, as you said. So to be able on that fast hardcore, go for his big serves. We've seen him go for big serves now against J.J. Wolf in key situations. So I'm seeing a little bit more positive signs, but I'm going to need to see a little bit more. But I think especially if he gets through a match like this, this will help him even if he loses the next round, maybe against a Grigor Dimitrov. Still just that positive reinforcement of being the aggressor. Well, we are still waiting for things to dry out down in Winston-Salem. Another match, by the way, scheduled after that match. We'll see if we get it. Richard Gasquet and Lorenzo Musetti. But you see the court's looking pretty dry, so hopefully we'll get some live tennis. We'll come back here on Tennis Channel in just a minute. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My name is Brandon Nakshima. Taylor Fritz. My name is Corey Goff. I'm Riley O'Koka. I'm Brad Seabon. I'm Amanda. This is a really exciting time for American tennis. We're seeing success on both the men's and the women's side. What a win that is for Sebastian Corda. There's a common thread when we look at the top players, especially the ones that are under 25. And that's the fact that they've come through our junior pathway structure, which we designed in partnership with the private sector and our 17 USDA sections. We have a lot of really, really good talent working hard and pushing each other. On the women's side, it really started in 2017. If you remember that watershed moment when we had four women in the semifinals of the US Open. It's unbelievable what these American women are doing. A lot of hard work went into that from the players, from from the USTA, from the private sector to the sections. I think since then we've been extremely dominant. Sophia Kennan is an American dream. It's a dream debut for the 15-year-old. Right now, on the men's side, we're having a lot of success, most of them young. One of the most glorious moments in the young life of Francis Tierfo. For me, that's a result of a lot of hard work five, six, seven years ago. We've had that core group of younger guys, like the 97s, 98s, and then we had this younger generation come up that I think has really helped even push those older guys up a little more. A career-defining moment for Taylor Fritz. What Taylor did in Indian Wells, beating Rafa in the finals, was huge for all of our players, and I mean even our youngest players. You have that healthy competition uh, amongst the players pushing each other, and that inspires the next generation, and it's just so important to keep that pipeline coming. So I think American tennis is in unbelievable hands right now. Anna Samova delivers on the big stage. We opened our doors in January of 2017. The thing it gave us the ability to do was to be more inclusive of all of our top players. Once they're here, they can take advantage of what we call our performance team services. In 2018, our high performance wheelchair function merged in with player development. Part of the importance of integration here was bringing people together. 
getting our entire player development staff in tennis chairs, having some of our able-bodied athletes interacting with our athletes, we're all the same. And we're all together. We're sharing all the same resources. We're on the same courts, using the same tennis balls, all with the same goals and dreams in mind. And I think that is the beautiful piece of player development that's made me cry. It, it's beautiful because it's just never happened. And this is the place it happened. When we talk about the success that we're having right now, Team USA, everything begins with an army of amazing private sector coaches. Sharing information and pushing hard is really what Team USA is all about. Within our resources, we want to help all up-and-coming Americans. Give them a pattern. Give them a pattern. Just knowing the player individually and seeing them grow up and get to that point, to see them on that stage and, and getting the big wins, and then remembering them at 11 and 12, it's pretty fun. When a player looks back on maybe what I've done, I think it would be a po you know that I made a positive impact um, on their life. Through this three-way partnership between player development, our USTA sections, and the private sector. We've built a pathway that has gotten us to the point where this resurgence is happening and we're seeing some of the best results we've seen since 2004. Back here in the studio, Rob Simulcare, Nick Monroe, and Mark Knowles, and a great look there at the player development pipeline of the USTA. And I love those the videos of the kids at the beginning, I think was my favorite part. Some of those faces. I mean, seeing Francis Diapo's face, how he just lights up. He, every, every room he walks into, he lights up the entire place. But just to see how young these kids are is just so much fun. And, and just to see how they progress. I mean, it, it's quite a thing. Absolutely. Yeah, Francis still has that smile, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he sure does. It's an incredible smile. But it, this is great to see, right? Because, you know, we, we, we see so often the finished product, but they all start there. That's important, right? And when you're talking about identifying talent, we've seen in the men's game especially, different players ascend to the top, right? Medvedev has changed the game. Cam Norrie is a person who's up to a career high number nine in the world. So it's very hard to identify talent and Good to see what the USTA has done. They've done a really good job and things have been going in the right direction on both sides, but especially in the men recently. With the U.S. Open starting next week, let's check in on, on where American players are right now going into their home slam. And I'll start with the women, Nick. Where, where do you think the women are right now? Of course, Serena Williams exiting the stage as one of the greatest players of all time. Venus still kind of hanging around as well. But this next generation, and there are a lot of them, where do you see them right now? No, absolutely. I mean, how well has Jessica Pagula been playing? I mean, she's playing amazing. So between Pagula, Coco Goff, I mean, you have two players right there that could potentially win the U.S. Open. I mean, Coco's doing an amazing job with her coach, Diego Moyano. I was able to practice with him at Wimbledon. She's working extremely hard. So wouldn't be surprised to see a Coco or Jessica Pagula make a deep, deep run at the U.S. Open. Maybe Anna Samova, too. I mean, yeah. she certainly has made some runs as well. Yeah, I think the biggest part really is the pressure, right? You just talked about Serena and Venus possibly moving aside. We saw that on the men's side, right? There was so many generations, one after another. You know, you started with McEnroe Connors. Then you had my generation, which was Courier, Chang, Sampras, um, Agassi, right? The pressures that come after that with the Fish, Blake, that era, that's tough to deal with. So I think that's going to be probably the toughest thing for the Goffs and the Anasimovas and the Pagulas to deal with. How do you fill those shoes of Serena and Venus Williams? They're, they're big shoes to fill. Meanwhile, on the men's side, a lot of American men in the top 100 right now, still waiting for one to break into that 
truly elite level, the top five. But, you know, you look at Taylor Fritz, obviously the leader in the clubhouse right now, but a lot of guys right behind him. No, absolutely. And for Taylor Fritz, I mean, he is not scared to play anybody. You know, that's one thing about him. He has this belief in himself, and we've seen it. We've seen him show it there at Indian Wells when he beat Rafa Nadal. We've seen him show it at all the big tournaments. So all those guys are the same age, Fritz, Tiafo, Paul, uh, Opelka, they're all the same age and they're pushing each other. And so that's why it's so great for Tommy and Francis and you guys to see what Taylor's doing because they all, they all can do it, you know. And Taylor Fritz is showing that with the big game, with the big serve, forehand, he's got a great coach in Michael Russell. So big things are just happening. And I feel like a Taylor Fritz, you know, he posted on his story today, you know, there was kind of something that somebody put up who – who could win the U.S. Open, he was on that list, and he believes that he's one of those players that can do it. So that's that's what's great to see. He belongs on that list, no question. Do you think anybody else on the American side belongs on that list? No, I think what Nick said is very, what's very important, and you heard it midway through that special there, was that they said when Taylor Fritz defeated Rafael Nadal at Indian Wells, it did a lot not just for his peers, but also for the younger generation. And that's important, right? If you think back to the Courier, Sampras, Chang, Agassi days, when one person achieves something, then all of a sudden it elevated all of them. So right now, Taylor's just outside the top 10, but he's on the verge of really achieving something special. Who will it be? But when that first person jumps, the rest will be right there to follow. All right. Well, we are still looking ahead to some live tennis, which should be coming up in about 10 minutes. They are getting ready to resume play down in Winston-Salem. They say it'll be happening at quarter after the hour. So we'll get you there, but we'll be back with more TC Live extended in just a minute. My feeling is this, the joy in tennis should come from striving, working hard to improve your strokes, and having fun at the game. In 2017, Vic Braden was posthumously inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame, a jovial figure who was larger than life. Vic captured the hearts of Americans and tennis lovers through his informative, yet also humorous tennis instructional videos that ran through the 80s. Keep your shots deep and make room for more trophies. This is during the time when a great many people of all ages, shapes, and sizes are picking up tennis. And Vic is the one helping them try to do that. But Vic was so much more than an on-camera tennis teacher. He was influential in the growth, impact, and study of tennis. He created this whole incredible tennis college with hitting lanes, video cameras, and seminars. And it sounded just like welcome to tennis in the future. He was doing it before anyone else was doing it. And that's why I think people kind of raise their eyebrows. What most don't realize is that Vic was also a historian and professional archivist, documenting anything and everything wherever he went. Even dating back to the 1950s when Vic traveled with his close friend and father of the pro game, Jack Kramer. I'm sure our fans would appreciate some tips that you might have on volleying. Well, Bob, let's go. Vic got into the pro game in his 20s, working with Jack Kramer and helping make the tour happened. So really, he got this kind of crash course in high-level pro tennis. You're watching the best eight or ten players in the world play each other night after night. It becomes this exponential growth of knowledge. It's just incredible. Throughout Vic's career, he collected thousands of 16-millimeter reels, thousands of beta tapes, and a photography collection in excess of 40,000 slides. 
With the help of Vic's widow, Melody Braden, Tennis Channel is working on bringing this archive to life. Digging through the archive has uncovered a treasure trove of some of the game's most important moments. Unseen footage of the early Barnstormers, Lou Hode, Pancho Gonzalez, Rod Laver. There is no quitting for Rod Laver. Vic star pupil Tracy Austin learning the game of tennis. A young Andre Agassi walking to Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. Billie Jean King and Arthur Ashe imparting the techniques that led them to become champions. Sorry, on the forward swing and really reach out. In the years to come, Tennis Channel will look forward to cataloging and putting Vic's library to use in original content and documentaries. Vic's archive is a tremendous treasure, tremendous asset. Vic Braden entertained us with his unique and analytic approach. And now with the help of his archive, Tennis Channel looks to carry on Vic's legacy for decades to come. That was his whole object, is to teach people how to learn, have fun with the game, and laugh and win. Beginners or intermediates who lose often go crazy, but I say laugh and hit. Chances are you'll have more fun, and you're going to win a lot more often. Some great clips there from the Hall of Famer, Vic Braden. Nick, did you ever get any of those Vic Braden instructional videos fed to you back in the day? You know what? He's got books and videos. I was able to follow that, but I love the last piece there. Laugh and hit. You'll have more fun and have more victories. And that's true. you got to live the moment and have some fun with it. So that guy was, was amazing. And, you know, we talk about tennis now, how analytics is so important and going to video and whatnot. And that's what he was doing it you know, way back then, you know, just really focusing on all the little small techniques and things, and, and that's great to see. And, and obviously he coached one of our very own, Tracy Austin. Yeah, he was an innovator, right? He was definitely ahead of his time. You think about how much input he had there, how much knowledge he had. I mean, nowadays we do so many things about analysis, breaking things down, and he was well ahead of it, didn't have the technology, of course. Fascinating stuff and really somebody who gave us so much in the game of tennis. All right, well, we're going to get you guys back to the booth in just a minute as we see our very own Tracy Austin. Look at those pigtails. <laughs> How great is that? The little backhand already working. There's, I think that was Agassi. I mean, this is just a great, great video, great memories there of some youngsters who would go on to become legends. Okay, so we're going to get tennis. You can see they've got that court pretty much try. We're going to get Mark and Nick back to the booth to call some more tennis as we're going to have a third and deciding set coming up from Winston-Salem in just a minute. Thanks for hanging out with us for this extended version of TC Live. More live tennis coming up in a minute on Tennis Channel.